Sabres Prospects Challenge rolls along, and there's a couple of prospects that are really showing out and not the biggest names that you might think are showing out. That's coming up here in the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And on our YouTube channel, be sure to check us out on YouTube where you can watch the show. You can get involved with us there. You can also tweet at us at Sneaky Joe Sports or at Locked On Sabres. The Sabres Prospects Challenge is through two games. We've got a Monday afternoon game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which we'll talk about uh, coming up on our next show as we'll start to get more into training camp but put a bow on the prospects challenge next but uh we do have a couple of games to go through the sabers against the montreal Canadiens and against the devils in their first two prospects challenge games and there are a couple of higher level saber prospects maybe not the biggest of the prospects but Couple high level prospects, including Isaac Roseanne, who have been awesome through the first two games. A little bit on that coming up in a little bit. I also want to explore the blue line prospects for the Sabres. That has been a position that is under talked about and is seen to be pretty thin. Uh, and I do agree with that, but there are a couple of defensive prospects that I think have looked pretty good. Uh, one more so than the other, in my opinion, Nikita Novikov, Ryan Johnson, maybe the first two names to talk about. We'll get to them a little bit later on as well. Our last episode, if you missed it, I had some thoughts on the goalie position. We are this is the week. Training camp this week. They play in the preseason on Sunday in Washington. How about that, by the way? The Bills are in Washington to play the Commanders on Sunday. The Sabres are in Washington to play the Capitals at 2 o'clock, only an hour after the Bills kick off. Kind of weird. Maybe they could uh, split a bus or uh, Pagula could send them both in the same plane. Uh, but anyways, the Sabres are playing hockey preseason, but they're playing hockey in five, no, Math's hard. Six days. Six days away. Under a week until they are on the ice. And then, you know, the roster will generally be what? It'll be some prospects, some guys that you would never expect to make the team, but they'll start mixing in veterans. Maybe Thompson plays in the game. Maybe Darlene. Maybe Power. You probably wouldn't see all of those guys, but one or two uh, or Skinner or Tuck. Young guys probably more likely to need that uh, than the uh, veterans. Uh, but anyways, that's coming up in six days. My last episode on the show was on the goalie position. It's training camp week, and the Sabres are going into training camp with Devin Levi and then a battle between Eric Comrie and Uka Pekka and who's going to be the 1B, the Devin Levi, going into the season. And I still kind of can't believe that we have arrived at training camp week, and the Sabres are indeed going forward with that as their plan. I broke down what that means, Comrie versus Lukanen, uh, who's the better option between the two. I'm starting to feel out Comrie a little bit, if you missed that, but also some other options. Thatcher Demko still in the trade market, uh, potentially, as well as some other names as well. A couple of uh, comments that I wanted to get to, some tweets, uh, the first of which is going to be from... Joe, what do we want to go for first? Uh, let's go to Keto Fit Chef, who tweeted in, Buffalo could always tell Anaheim that they will take Gibson off their hands at a 50% salary retention and a draft pick for Ukapekalukin and Jacob Bryson. 
maybe I don't know that. See, I the reason I picked out this comment is because of Lukanen being thrust into a trade package, and I'm one to do that a lot as well. You know, I've done that with Hellebuck, for instance, uh, or other goaltenders. Maybe Demko. I at one point said that. Hey, what about Lukanen and a second? But the the problem I have, I just don't know what kind of value UPL has in the league and even should have in the league. All right, you want to call Anaheim about that trade that you just brought up, half salary, which, by the way, half salary for John Gibson. Okay, you could talk me into that pretty easily because that's $3.2 million now for John Gibson. I don't think you'd be able to get them at half. Maybe you could get knock them down a, a quarter of the salary or something. But would they be interested in Lukanen? Would anybody be interested in Lukanen? In theory, I'd like to think Lukanen should carry value, especially for a team that doesn't have a top goalie prospect. Because what are you getting in Lukanen? You're not getting what the Sabres need, which is a reliable NHL goaltender to go with your young guy. Why are you trading for Gopeka Lukanen? Because you don't have a promising young guy, and that's going to be Lukanen. Lukanen's going to be your number one goalie prospect in the organization. 24 years old. Maybe a year, two, or even three of grooming is still needed for him. But he's got athleticism. He's got big tools. Six foot five, 217, huge frame athleticism. He just hasn't put it together at the NHL or the AHL level. But it's all about development for uh, for Lukanen. All right, Anaheim. Here you go. He's your new young plan and net for the future. Maybe Winnipeg, whoever. I think he should have some value. Um I wonder, though, if that's actually true. I'm talking myself into it a little bit because I'd like to see that trade happen. But if you really step back for a second and look at what Lukanen should be value-wise, what do you have? You have a 24-year-old goalie that's done nothing in the NHL or NHL level. How valuable is that? That's a flyer, right? That's a that's a late, that's a throw-in to a trade more than a core piece uh, to a trade. Get to the prospects challenge in a moment. One other thing I wanted to get to before we get to it, though. Kind of funny. Social media uh, interaction um, between the Sabres, the Bills, and the Maple Leafs. We had a little bit of a thing, a squabble, if you will, uh, between Dylan Cousins and the Bills. Because Dylan Cousins, and I'll throw it up on our uh, on our chat here, or our chat, our, um, excuse me, what is this called? YouTube, our YouTube channel <laughs> for uh, our listeners uh, and our watchers. But there was a Dylan Cousins Instagram response to the Bills who had tweeted out a picture of Mitch Marner and Morgan Riley at the Bills game wearing Bills jerseys on the sidelines. And the Bills sent out a, a, a message along the lines of, Welcoming these guys from up north, Bills fans, whatever. And what did Dylan Cousins respond with? The facepalm emoji. Let's go. Cousins, not a Leafs guy. Fought uh, Hyman. Was it Hyman? Or was it uh, somebody else? Fought whoever at the Heritage Classic a couple of years ago. Cousins is the guy, man, that is going to take stuff personally. I could just feel it. He's the guy against the, the Panthers that when Matthew Kachuk is running around out there being an idiot – Cousins is the one taking a shot at him at the end of a period before they go into the dressing room. I don't know. I think Cousins is going to be the guy that wears all that on his sleeve. Even little stuff like this. Like, all right, let me write that down in my notes. You guys are Bills fans. I, I'll remember that. Uh, I'll remember you, us, you, you, you thinking that you're, you know, 
supporting Buffalo or whatnot. I don't know. Uh, I just thought that was funny, though, from Dylan Cousins. Time out here when we come back. The prospects challenge, the first two games, Montreal and New Jersey. My observations, a couple of players that I thought stood out and are uh, making headlines uh, so far. That's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by Jace Medical. So Jace Medical, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, and it gives you the peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication on hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, an additional $20 off by using Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code Locked On. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports. Can't wait for some games. We're we are close, man. We are what are we three weeks away from the opener? We're not much more than that. I had an exact countdown going on. I don't have it in front of me. Anyways, prospects challenge Monday afternoon, five o'clock. Uh, recording this on Friday afternoon, early afternoon. So you might actually have even seen the Penguins game by the time this comes out. But I got a lot of thoughts on the first two matchups that the Sabres had, and I watched them from Florida. I was committed, man. I was you know, going to bed watching those sh- those games. You know, watched a little bit in the airport on the way back. Um, but. The Sabres and the Canadiens prospects, and then the Sabres and the Devils prospects. And starting with, well, I guess the Montreal game. A couple of things that I noticed in the Montreal game on the overall. There were a couple of there are a couple of prospects that are not thought of as in line to make the NHL team this year, next year, even the year after. We are on a long-term trajectory to making the team, but I thought deserves some shout-outs that had some nice plays. Mats Lindgren. Mats Lindgren, defenseman for the Sabres, has been, I, I want to kind of say everywhere. I'm not even saying he's necessarily been great for the entire time, but he is noticeable. He's making some plays. This is a fourth-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres. Um from the 2022 draft and a place for red deer in the WHL. He's been moving the puck. Well, I think he's got some skating problems that he has to get corrected uh, as his career progresses. He's also pretty small. So got to beef up only 170 pounds, but Matt's Lindgren jumped up, got a nice goal on the, uh, on the, the first goal, I think of the tournament for the Sabres in the first period of the Montreal game. So he played well. Um, I think Scott Ratzlaff has been pretty good, a little bit up and down, Fifth-round pick of the Sabres this past draft. Uh, also about to be the number one goalie prospect in the organization that's not at the NHL level, considering Devin Levi and Ukepeka Lukanen are going to be at the NHL level. And the development of Tobias Lainanen, the Sabres' second-round pick from last year, has gone completely off the rails. Um, I Also, Alex Kisikov. This guy, Russian prospect, fast, winger, Maybe you're, you tell me, you know, I, am I just doing this because Max Finneganoff is my favorite player of all time? I'm not even comparing him to Max Finneganoff. All I see in Alex Kisikoff, who, by the way, should always make sure I include uh, the draft uh, uh, 
the draft capital that was spent on these players. So you know where they were picked. Kisikov was a second round pick to the Sabres in 2021. Um, went back to Russia, had a great season in the MHL, which is the second league below the KHL there, 56 points in 51 games. But then last year, showed up for the Amherst. I think the North American game was a lot for him uh, to transition to. 48 games played. He only had six goals and two assists. But he earned his way onto that number one power play unit for the Sabres prospects team with Matt Savoy and Zach Benson. He is so lightning fast. His speed is crazy. A give and go um, with Benson uh, on that first power play unit. And um, he I, he's exciting. I don't know that he'll ever become anything. I might want to predict at this point he won't because his game is not that fully formed. But man, if he could start to figure out the the you know he's got he's got to figure out some vision stuff in his offensive game he's not much of a defensive player at all get a little bit more physical on the puck don't get taken off it so easily I mean he's 150 pounds so that makes sense at this point even playing against prospects that's that's light but if he could figure all that other stuff out man he could be dangerous because that speed is uh is on an elite level uh so those are a couple of under the radar guys I do want to talk about the the the, the high level forwards though Isaac Roseanne is the man of the tournament so far. Two games in, he's been great, and he looks mature. He looks like a guy that did just spend uh, an entire season in the AHL. And his season with Rochester really went under the radar because Yuri Kulik had showed up and been so good and even historically good right away. But Roseanne was good. He got better as the season went on. 37 points in 66 games. He ended up with eight points in the playoffs. And in this prospects challenge, he he's... Hard to take off the puck. He's pretty fast. He's got really slick hands. I wouldn't even call him lightning fast. I would want to call him slick. Um, He's a slick player on the overall. And he looks like someone that's developed a a well-rounded game. He actually even spoke to this after after the New Jersey game. He said, quote, if you want offense, you have to play defense first. And that is an idea that Seth Appert, the Amherst coach, has ingrained in Isaac Roseanne. I'm not even sure that was really part of his mantra when he was drafted, but I think that's a good job by Roseanne that, or by Roseanne and Appert, that that's the direction they're taking his development. The Sabres have more than enough offensive players, right? Like look at their lineup right now. Tage's going to be here a long time and he scores a million goals. Uh, you know, you're going to have talk here for a long time. Skinner's under contract for a long time. Still cousins, Quinn, Paterka, Savoy is going to be that. Kulik is going to be that. Um, There are Benson. There's so many guys in the organization that are going to give you goals and assists that someone's got to start developing that well-rounded two-way game. Peyton Krebs is someone who's done that at the NHL level. I think Isaac Roseanne is the guy that is doing that at the AHL level. Uh, Roseanne in his own end has been really good in this tournament. I think he's some of those... You know, younger kids in this prospects challenge for Montreal. I noticed him steal the puck from a couple of Montreal guys. Um, almost made it look easy in his own end. Turned the puck up ice and got a rush going in the other direction. Uh, it's a great start to his fall. I don't think Roseanne is someone that will compete for a roster spot and this year's NHL team. But I'll say this. If he was going to look ready to compete for a roster spot on the Sabres team, the first two games of the Prospects Challenge would look exactly like they have, where Roseanne, who scored a couple goals, has a couple points, played well in his own end. He would look like he doesn't belong. And I almost want to say that. He looks like the best player out there. 
he almost looks like, yeah, these guys shouldn't be in this tournament. He's too good for this. Um, I'm almost at that point with Roseanne. I think he's just been darn good, though, on the overall. 20 years old, you got to hope that uh, this is the year that his development really, really starts to take off, uh, given that it's year three, year three since uh, since he's been drafted. Uh, other things that highlights, though, forward-wise, before we get the defenseman, Yuri Kulik, two goals. He's looked good. One on a nice backhand. Zach Benson had a nice wrist shot goal against the Devils. Benson also had a Hail Mary pass to Matthew Savoy, who then banked the puck in off the back of the net. That was in the New Jersey game. Sabres look like the better team in both games, have outplayed both opponents, uh, and look like the team that's been ranked as the number one prospect uh, pool in the NHL. Um, Savoy, though, has looked good, too. Him and Benson playing together. Uh, you can tell the chemistry that they have. You can tell the skill that they have as well. Savoy's hands, some of these drop passes he's making, his vision, the one play where he throws it behind his back and into the net, um, and a nice you know stick handle move around the defenseman. Slick, speed, stick handling. The Sabres forwards have looked dynamite through two games. How about the defenseman? The two most notable defensemen, I already talked about Matt Lindgren, Nikita Novikov, Ryan Johnson. I'm high. I'm up on Novikov right now. And honestly, a little down on Ryan Johnson. I'll tell you why when we come back on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. You got time. We got these NHL over-unders that are out there for the season. Lots of future potential, but it's football season. Snap into this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. Wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, all the futures you could ask for. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Sabres are just about to wrap up the prospects challenge. And through two games, we just talked about some of the forwards. How about the defensemen who, if you've been paying attention to the Sabres and their prospects chatter over the last couple of years, the forward group is the best in the league, if not that one of the best in the league. Defensive group, a little further down. Gatto and Power and Rasmus Dahlin and Matias Samuelson at the NHL level. There's not a lot behind that in terms of young, developing talent. But there's a couple guys. And the two names that come to mind right away are two guys that are playing in this tournament. And through two games, both have looked relatively good. One, though, has got me more excited than the other. The guy that's got me excited. And this has been, uh, this has been a growing trend. Nikita Novikov, I think, is going to be an NHL player. I, the more I watch him the more I believe that Nikita Novikov is going to be an NHL player. A sixth-round pick of the Sabres in the 2021 NHL draft. played. He's played 94 games in the KHL over the last two seasons. And that, for a player of his age, is super impressive on its own. That's not even talking about what he's done these past couple of games. But as an 18-year-old playing 32 games in the KHL, and then as a 19-year-old playing 62 games... I mean, I just mentioned Kisikoff in the last segment. He's 21, and he still hasn't cracked the KHL as a as a regular. Novikov's already two years in. It in part is because he's physically mature. You can see it. He's already listed at six foot four, two hundred pounds. 
The guy is mean. He is not afraid to be super physical, bump other smaller players off the puck. He's also a smooth skater, so he can keep up with those younger, uh, those those quicker, faster players. I just like Novikov's game a lot. He's kind of that no-nonsense defenseman. You know, he doesn't do a lot flashy. He is willing to jump up in the play and make some nice plays. There was a play against Montreal where he jumped up in the play and created a scoring chance. Those, though, come few and far between. Like, that might be the only moment I can remember in the two games that he's played here in New Jersey and Montreal where I've noticed him do anything offensively is that one play against Montreal. He jumped up in the slot, got a scoring chance. Um, I, I just don't think that part of his game will translate well to the NHL level. If he becomes an NHL player, and I'm guessing right now he will, he'll be a guy that gets between 10 and 20 points. I don't think he's going to do much. But there are a couple of... And you know what? They are Russian, so maybe my head's doing this because they're Russian, but there are two players that have been in the Sabres organization over the past couple of years um, that he does remind me of. And it's what? It's the, the size, smooth, it's physicality, mean stride that this guy has got. He's got a mean streak in him. Two players. One is Nikita Zadorov. And that actually, I think, is a good comp for Novikov. Um, Zadorov had, we thought, more offensive traits when the Sabres drafted him. I mean, that's why he was a first-round pick, right? Um, Novikov doesn't have that, but Zadorov also doesn't really realize that at the NHL level. He did score 14 goals last year, kind of a weird season for him in Calgary, um, but that was a one-off. He, more notably, has been a guy that scores between four and, like, seven. Um, I think that could be Novikov, but what is Zadorov? He's a third pair defenseman that penalty kills and gives you some big hits and is going to be nasty. That I think is Novikov. The other guy I thought of was Dmitry Kulikov. Kind of the same thing. I think both Zadorov and Kulikov might have a little bit more offensive upside, or at least they did at one point in time. And I don't think Novikov has it in him to be uh, much of a player at all in that regard. But same thing. Third pair, smooth skater, not too slow, not overly fast, but mean streak. Going to give you a tough ride in front of the net. Um, I don't know. I think Novikov has got the chops to be a third-pair defenseman for the Buffalo Sabres. Remember, he shouldn't have been a six-round pick. All the talk was he would have been – it wasn't like he was going to be a first-round pick, but some were saying second, third, or third. The only reason he went in the sixth is because nobody thought he was going to come to North America. Well, now he's here, and he's looking good at the Prospects Challenge. And I wouldn't say this year – um, I would love to see what he does this year uh, in his development. But next year, maybe he start to think about it a little bit and maybe two years away from him really pushing for a spot. The guy I'm down on is Ryan Johnson. See, Johnson, I think, could be an NHL player very easily, too. I might want to bet against it for him, though, right now. Here's where I'm at with Johnson. He looks great at the Prospects Challenge. You know, he's made some nice passes, tape-to-tape passes, man, through the zone. He had one nice one to Benson in the uh, in the New Jersey game. Um, he's very good. He did this all through the New Jersey game. Uh, I noticed some more in that game than the Montreal one. He gets the puck in his own end. He's got his head up, and he's looking to make a playoff ice. I like that. I think he's the right style of defenseman for a third pair. He should be dominating this tournament dominating. He should be top pair uh, power play, top everything. He is 22 years old playing in a bunch of 18, 19, and 20 year olds. He's more aged. He's had more development. He's played against bigger bodies at the University of Minnesota. I just don't see anything that jumps off the page from Ryan Johnson. 
Nothing. Not the size, not the skating, not the puck moving. I mean, the puck moving's nice, but it's not at an elite level. I don't know. I just I don't see much to much that's great with Johnson's game. So upside for him, maybe it's similar to Novikov, um, but maybe it's a third pair defenseman. Uh, but the difference between Novikov is, and Johnson, I could see Novikov playing that physical, gr- uh, tough defenseman role on a Sabres third pair. Johnson's a puck mover. It, he's pretty good on the power play. The Sabres don't need that. They've got Dalene. They've got power. Maybe you want a guy in the third pair for that too. Um, but I'm wondering if he'll actually make the club. He's got to get more physical. Uh, he's got to put more weight on. He's still really small for his age. 170. He weighed in at 22 years old. That's tough. You got to be. You got to be bigger than that. Um, I, the AHL all year. Rochester. This will be the real year where we determine what he is. I think it's. A, there's a very good chance though um, that Ryan Johnson becomes one of those guys that's a, a tweener. He's a call up once in a while to the NHL level. But he's a star AHL defenseman. The guy that comes to mind for me for that is TJ Brennan, who was a second round pick of the Sabres. In fact, he was a 31st overall pick of the Sabres. There was only 30 teams then. Uh, so exactly the same as Johnson. They were both 31st overall picks. And what did TJ Brennan become? TJ Brennan was a guy that played more often in Rochester, was an all-star AHL defenseman, but he just didn't have enough there to be an NHL defenseman. Um, so that's kind of how I'm wondering about Johnson right now. Will he be a TJ Brennan or will he have just enough ability to get up to a third pair for the Sabres? would love to see him dominate this third game against Pittsburgh, but we'll see. Talk more about the Penguins game uh, for the Prospects Challenge to close it out uh, next time on the show, and we will get full speed into training camp storylines uh, next time. As the Sabres are in town, golf tournament on Monday, and I believe uh, they'll be reporting tomorrow maybe practice on wednesday although that has not that's not official yet thanks for listening chime in youtube twitter if you got a thought on anything we talked about today we'd love to read it on the show and thanks for making lockdown sabers your first listen we'll talk to you next time lockdown sabers part of the lockdown podcast network